0: The following program is brought to you by Christy Stratton, accredited divorce coach.
1: So many people are affected by divorce at some point in their lives. It can be a lonely and challenging time of life, but it doesn't have to be. Whether you or a loved one is considering divorce, going through it, or coming out of it, the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton is here to be your go-to educational, informational, and inspirational resource for those touched by divorce. Christy has been there, and now she's here to walk the path with you as a certified divorce coach and as your thinking partner. Her guest will bring you important insight and information, helping you make better decisions through and beyond the process, inspiring you to be your best self for you and your family, all giving you hope and reassurance that you'll be okay. The Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton starts now. And here's your host, Christy Stratton.
2: Hello and welcome to the Divorce Coaching Hour. And if this is the first time you are joining us, welcome to you. And if you are back with us again this week, welcome back. If you listen regularly, you might be wondering where we went last week. Well, not to worry, we didn't go too far. We got bumped to a different time by sports. I know. Me, too. I missed you, too. Good thing is that we are here this week, and it's important because we are talking about another important topic this week. In honor of our recent Veterans Day, we are talking about mental health for veterans, all related to divorce. And Tom Stevens is here to help us with that discussion. You've probably heard Tom several times on the show to talk with us about children and divorce. And I'm happy to say Tom and his team are now sponsor partners of the show. I guess you could now say that Tom is our resident psychotherapist. He's over there smiling and I'm so happy about that. Seems he is too. And you will be too. Tom is a licensed professional counselor and a master's level therapist. He also is a registered play therapist And works with children as young as 18 months. Wow. Tom is also specialized in working with EMDR, which is eye movement. Okay, that's going to take me a moment to try to say eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Hey, you say it fast three times. And used with trauma, anxiety, depression, addiction, injury recovery, and more. Tom also works with higher-level athletes. So, Tom is most qualified to join us to talk about veteran mental health because, as you can imagine, trauma and its related issues can certainly be what veterans deal with. Add to that divorce, and you've got a situation that's even more potentially challenging. Before we get into our mental health discussion around veterans and divorce, I want to give you some general information about military divorce. First, I want you to know that military divorces involve unique requirements. There are certain rules and regulations that must be considered because they are governed by both state and federal laws, which is different than civilian divorces. According to the Certified Divorce Training Specialist Manual, quote, depending on which state the couple chooses to file in will determine How the factors governed by state law, including but not limited to child support, alimony, and property distribution are handled. I know, a mouthful. (laughs) Next, service members who are on active duty cannot be sued or begin divorce proceedings while on active duty or 90 days after they complete their active duty. Also, special care needs to be taken with retirement accounts. And so that's just the beginning. So if your spouse is a military service member, my best suggestion to you is to find a qualified attorney who has solid experience with military divorce. If you'd like a referral, please reach out to me, write to me at Christy at christystratton.com. And one more thing before we get into today's conversation, I want to remind you that we're not here to coach you to get a divorce or give you legal advice. What we are here to do is walk the path with you no matter where that may lead. My guests and I are here to help you make better decisions in this time and beyond to provide you information and resources, to give you ideas about how to be your best self in a time that can bring out your worst and to give you hope. And now on to today's discussion. And Tom's over there saying, finally, (laughs) hello, Tom, welcome back.
3: Hey, Christy. Great to be here. Look, if there's any two people that can bring a positive, hopeful spin veteran mental health and divorce <laughs> it's us because it doesn't sound inspiring or hopeful but we're gonna do that
2: no and you know what I'm I'm glad that you spoke to that to start with it is you know just by the name of the show the divorce coaching hour. a lot of people think I'm coaching people to get a divorce first no I'm not matter of fact if we can help people learn some things and actually decide to look at their marriage differently and save their marriage we mm-hmm. want that first and foremost Mm -hmm. Secondarily, though, if you do decide to divorce, then understanding, you know, from uh, all the different components and aspects and challenges that go with it. When we understand when we know better, we do better. Right. And so that's really what we're here to do. And we don't. I mean, there's so much out there that's dark and bleak. So this is a message of hope if you have to go through something as challenging As divorce. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, well, let's continue with the challenging. Yes. (laughs) So veterans, mental health, and divorce. When I say those words, Tom, what comes to mind?
3: Boy. uh,
2: (laughs) Let me just start out. (laughs) Anxiety, stress,
3: overwhelmed, concern. There's a lot packed into what you just said. And, you know, I picture it almost like a teenager. Okay, when your teenager gets their first car, the highest percentage ever of teenagers that get their first car right and get their license, have a wreck. It happens very soon. It's just a common part of life. Hopefully it's a little one, but inevitably they have that. So when you send a teenager off for the first time with their license in a car, the anxiety, the stress, we've talked, we've prepared, you've trained, let's hope they get to school. Let's hope they get to the places they need to go. And for me as a parent, it is a very stressful, overwhelming thing. But what I do to combat that. Is have good clear communication, good contact, training them to drive, driving with them, and then talking with them after they drive. And that that relates to my field too, though. I carry a lot of weight of clients that I see every day. Right, their lives of whether somebody's suicidal, whether somebody's divorcing, yeah. whether somebody is, you know, in a suffering from PTSD and been in a bad car accident. And when that happens, I have to be able. You know, you don't realize the biggest population that needs therapy are therapists. Like we need somebody (laughs) because we have to unload that.
2: Yeah. And I I laugh, but I think it's more like, it's a stressful laugh because I'm thinking of the weight that you're under. Maybe that is a show we'll do next year and talk about. So we have a different perspective of the therapists that Mm -hmm. we work with. You can tell, talk to us about that. So I'm wondering if you're going to, this is what the story I was telling myself. If, if you've got that Knowledge of something that's already challenging, i.e., a teenager in a car, then you're already coming into that whole relationship with the stress and anxiety, and so now we take it to veterans, military, and 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 so help us set the stage there because ultimately what we want to talk about is, I guess, bringing some understanding to a military person's perspective. I mean we could probably do 35720 shows right. on this because on one hand I could see where that could help save marriages if we understood the perspective but what we're really talking about ultimately top level if the decision is going through divorce then how do we understand this person a little bit more and so trauma comes into that.
3: Yeah, and realizing that when the military comes into play, there is so much order and structure and training and being gone potentially away from the home, away from a marriage, away from children, having a lot of stress and pressure, whether you're deployed or whether you're moved away in, in a really stressful situation. There's a lot of weight put on a family, a marriage, and a lot of times no help is gotten for that. And so people go through the military Without any real outlet to help themselves make sense of the world, world to help them stay plugged in with their marriage, to help them stay connected as a parent, and to help them stay mentally healthy. Because I've worked with several, a lot of military people over the years, and mental health is not at the top of the list of what they recommend. Sometimes it's talked about, but a lot of military people have told me this is frowned upon because you know, we're supposed to be strong and tough and get through this. And we can't show weakness or we might not be active. We might not be able to do the job that we're there to do.
2: Wow. Wow. I, so I knew I I knew this was going to be a big subject to unpack. So I don't, I I think where I want to go though is, you know, separation can be challenging in just a so-called, let's call it a regular relationship. I don't, know that there's any regular relationship but if we're going dis, to uh, distinguish it from a, a military marriage or or a relationship then separation is difficult at any given time but now you've got separation deployment for months on end and and you know potentially you've you've got someone who gets changed by what happens over there and then the person who's at home kind of gets into his or her own rut, so to speak. And then you come back together and it's like, you don't even know each other anymore.
3: Understand what trauma does. You mentioned that earlier trauma, which is the best piece of this whole show today. I think understanding what trauma does to us trauma. I described it to somebody at my office recently. It's not necessarily a, a, like you're in a plane crash, you know, and it's the ultimate horrible thing. Trauma is almost like your car driving down the road and it hits a pothole. And your car keeps driving and it's okay. It was, a, it was a bump. But then you notice if you drive the freeway and you let go of your steering wheel a little bit and you can see it just out of alignment, like it starts to veer a little bit. That's what trauma is like. It's not this big, bad, horrible thing that's happened like a plane crash. It's more the little things that happen, like you described, being deployed, being away. And people are dramatically affected because it it it, it infiltrates the rest of their life. And so this little pothole that I hit Now is affecting my tire, the tread on it, the way my car functions. And I don't even know it really until months down the road or years sometimes with Mm. the military because they're so busy doing what they do, traveling, being deployed, and just coming home and being exhausted or overwhelmed emotionally. And they don't know how to handle it and have no help for that.
2: So would it be the right thing to say that there are maybe levels of trauma?
3: Absolutely. Definitely different levels. And the sooner you get help for the trauma, the more it clears out. The farther longer it goes on, the harder the trauma sets into place and is harder to to heal.
2: So bottom line in in, and again, as we're we're um, talking specifically about veterans divorce, people in the military service, whether active or retired, uh, they've they've got a unique set of circumstances and uh, any little thing or big thing could be trauma may not even know it. It's affecting the way that they're thinking, the way that they're coming. And then, oh, by the way, the separation, if they're deployed and then bang, you've got divorce and you've got, I that's the wrong word to use, probably bang, as I'm talking about trauma, <laughs> but it it can feel that way. And so, folks, we're talking to Tom Stevens. He's our, we're going to just keep calling him that, our resident psychotherapist. So glad to have Tom here Uh, as a part of the team so knowledgeable we're talking about veterans divorce veterans and and mental health as a part of that and we're just really exploring it and trying to unpack it and understand uh, what trauma does to the brain and the relationship so don't know where we're going with it but i know we're going to someplace good so you guys stay tuned you'll want to find out more
1: In divorce, real estate is one of the largest assets of the marital estate and it must be considered carefully. You'll want a specialist in divorce real estate to help you do that. You'll want the Gifford Group to help you uncover the unknowns and make informed decisions throughout the process. The professionals at the Gifford Group will help you get the facts, which will help remove the fear that can run high through the process, and you'll make better decisions. Get the facts and remove the fear. Contact the Gifford Group today at thegiffordgroup.com.
2: Net. You've heard him on the show and gained valuable insight from him. And now get ready for more. I'm so excited that licensed professional counselor Tom Stevens is partnering with us to spread the word that life can get better. Tom and his wife, Jill, have been providing quality mental health for over 25 years. And friends, that's their passion. Search Tom Stevens Counseling on YouTube and Facebook for lots of great video content that will help you and your family. And to schedule an appointment with Tom, visit his website at TomStevens.us. That's TomStevens.us. When you're selling your home, you want to wow people when they see it.
1: Or if you're not selling and want to enhance your enjoyment of the home, consider Simple Elegance. The team at Simple Elegance, led by Mary Scally, are masters at staging homes for sale or helping you design your interior for maximum impact. Do what new home builders do. Call the Staging Masters, Simple Elegance, at 877 458
2: 8254 and SimpleEleganceTX.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton. That's me. And we have Tom Stevens here with us. Our, I'm going to keep saying, I say, I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it. Our resident psychotherapist, Tom Stevens. You've heard him on the show talking about children and families, but Tom uh, has just, gosh, a long list of um, uh, accreditations and background, so knowledgeable. And so today we're uh, leveraging his expertise and his knowledge to talk about Uh, Veterans, uh, since we just celebrated Veterans Day, uh, if you're listening to this by podcast, it's probably not Veterans Day, but maybe it is, (laughs) depending. Um, But uh, so thinking about veterans and then thinking about mental health with veterans and then layering in uh, uh, divorce. So hmm. (laughs) there we go, right? Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about trauma And we talked about the fact that there's kind of different levels of trauma. You've got the small trauma, you've got the big trauma, but it all has some sort of effect. So what I'm wondering, if we stay with the topic of trauma, how does trauma play out in just everyday life for people in general?
3: Yeah, trauma, whether it's big or small, obviously the bigger the trauma is. If you get in a really bad car accident, you might not want to get back in a car Okay. Like it may be that bad where I am just homebound or I had a client once that was held up at gunpoint. So it makes you really like frozen in a way. Smaller traumas are things that that just cause triggers. Uh, and when you have a specific trauma that happens and let's say a certain song is playing on the radio station mm. or a certain smell is in the air or a tone of voice. Mm. I had a guy, a client of mine who was held up in a store he was working in that was held up at gunpoint and robbed And after he was done with that, he would always sit in restaurants facing the door Mm -hmm. uh, to Mm -hmm. be cautious. But he also said, I will hear sounds of voice that remind me of the voices that I heard that night. Mm -hmm. And so even though those aren't the people that came in and robbed that store, right, it still brings him back to that point. So what that does to people when traumas are experienced, even small ones, is it makes them more irritable. It can make them more irritable. It can make them more isolated. It can make them retreat or withdraw, meaning... I am um, feeling that kind of depressed feeling or that anxious feeling. Mm -hmm. I can be way more, talk about anxiety, like just not be able to tolerate sounds or movement, especially with children running around and just being children. That might start to really annoy you. It may make you feel um, reactive and yelling at people. So you're going to see it playing out in not common behaviors to the person. And that's either going to be through intense, aggressive approach, which could be in mood or voice, or it could be retreating, isolating, separating, being distant, just not being their normal self.
2: So you're, you're kind of reacting to this thing. And I can imagine if I step into the other person's shoes, who is maybe experiencing this person, they're seeing it, they've got their own story going on as to what's happening. But there's this whole big Thing behind the person this big trigger and it's it's so it's not even a real situation well, They could be totally nights. confused like is this yeah. something
3: about me did I do something right. wrong or uh, is there something I could do to fix it and there's and the person might actually not know they're having a trigger from this trauma like I'm in this mood because they might feel like no right. I'm just myself but yeah when the other people see it the spousal members of a veteran let's say right they are confused many times frustrated uh Uh, scared. They don't know what to do or I don't know what to to do to get them out of this mood and and these behaviors that I see and so they are flabbergasted.
2: So yeah, and flabbergasted, that's a good word because you don't really know what to do with flabbergasted Mm -hmm. and so I can see even a relationship that may be going becoming more challenging. They're like throw up their hands because there's Mm -hmm. one person doesn't know what's causing it. The other person seeing the effect of it and you've got communication breakdown. And
3: recognize in the military, uh, this is me talking as a therapist, just with the people I've worked with there, they don't teach feelings first. So this isn't a friendly, feel good, loving, let's talk and be compassionate. You know, you're you're taught to be tough, to follow order, to be able to withstand a lot of difficult traumatic situations, which actually is tremendously good for combat and for war, but at home, It's not good. So their coping skills are whenever stress hits, especially in a marriage or relationship, is shut down, close up, retreat, walk away, throw your hands up because they don't have any other way to deal with it.
2: Wow, so tough. So you add in divorce and you've got a big challenging situation and just kind of walk it back just a little bit. The the reason we want to explore this and bring this up awareness to the listeners is because if you are going then through the divorce process and you are aware of this, then it is our hope that maybe some of the learnings and the insights that you get from this show can help you make those better decisions when you're, you know, at the mediation table so that you don't repeat the same problems you had in your first marriage. You learn from that, you grow, because a divorce affects generations and we want you to be able to look to the future five years, 10 years, 20 years, and, and, and build a new, a new and a different life, a better life. So I got to think, where is this all coming from, these triggers?
3: Well, they come from regular everyday life situations. It could come from standing in line at a restaurant ordering food and somebody says or does something or spills something on you or said something that, you don't like or bumps into you by accident or.
2: So you've got the external, but what about in the internal? Where is it coming from?
3: Well, it's a good question. That goes into the brain and where trauma comes from the brain is a very good description. If you can kind of picture an upside down triangle in your head or draw it on a piece of paper and you see at the bottom of the triangle, the smallest part of that is the brain stem. That whenever our bodies are developed and our brains are developed in utero, the brain stem is the first to develop. So our brains develop from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. And so that's the primitive just life survival skill of breathing, you know. That's what happens, you know, just regulating our temperature. That's the lizard brain you talked to me about. Yeah, and I was getting, <laughs> I wanted
2: to bring that in so we talk a lot about the lizard brain and the thinking brain here and and I call myself a thinking partner and mm-hmm. so we're always wanting to help people move into the thinking brain. And this may give context to it so that our listeners actually understand neuropsychologically what we're talking about. And so, folks, I'm looking at an awesome, um, uh, what's this called? Uh, image. Well, it's <laughs> a diagram. That diagram.
3: Years ago, 35, 40 years ago, Bruce Perry, Dr. Bruce Perry, who started, you know, uh, was at Baylor College of Medicine. We've heard who, about him uh, before, haven't we? <laughs> so good. And he drew this diagram in a session, he said, and he I stuck with it ever since. And it's an upside down triangle that, that that lists basically the brainstem at the bottom and the cortex at the top. It makes is, a lot of sense. Is our thinking brain. And and always remembering that whenever triggers and traumas come in, they always start at the brainstem. So if I wasn't in combat and I heard a car outside backfire, I would be like, well, it goes quickly to the cortex, like uh, brainstem. Oh, well, that kind of shocked me. I heard a car backfire, but that's what it was. Right. If somebody was in combat and they've heard a lot of gunfire and explosions, that will start at the brainstem and stay there because they have specific trauma memories from that experience with that sound and their brain will tell them you're right back there now because the bottom yeah. of the brain the brainstem doesn't recognize time the cortex does recognize time and space so you get stuck there in a trauma the same as somebody yelling at you if you were abused or really hurt when you were younger and somebody yells at you the same way now you will go back as if this is where marriages get into trouble You are triggered right back to that same space. Mm -hmm. And until it gets to the cortex, which could be hours later, oh, now I realize I'm safe. I'm in an okay place.
2: So you said They're the stuck. word safe and that's where my mind was going to mm-hmm. is if it's at the brain stem kind of our most basic autonomic functions is that where the flight fight or freeze lives?
3: That's where we yes, our body feels it more than anything. This is why we say children are feeling It's all to raised. protect ourselves, right? Yes. So
2: safe, so we we're, we're always working to protect ourselves and mm-hmm. we don't even know it.
3: There's no ability to rationally think at that moment. Right. Yeah.
2: So that's really important uh, learning and understanding that what you may see happening is not really happening. I do an exercise and I've talked about it several times um, on the show with my clients. If they're in a place of really like they can't get out of that, that really emotional place and maybe they're repeating a divorce story, that sort of thing. I have them actually put their feet on the ground and ground their feet like mm-hmm. almost like a yoga pose where you really round your toes in. I'm doing my hands, folks, right now, like my toes. I don't know what's going on here at the show. (laughs) But then I have them um, actually put their hands on their knees with palms up and then take a deep breath at the same time, drop their head and close their eyes. And then I ask them now, um, as you open your eyes, ask yourself, is there is there something out here that is actually uh, threatening me? And they realize when they open their eyes, there's nothing right. 99.9% of yeah. the time. And I'm, then I ask the question, where is that? And they're like, it's in my head. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that. Is that in the brainstem? That, is that
3: comes from the brainstem and past experience and pattern behavior that is what we call a core belief inside our brain. So it's a negative core belief, but it's one that... That when you have a real negative experience, it tells you this is true. This is it. This we is really true. think it is. Yeah. And that's why when we use EMDR as a treatment for trauma, we try to have people recognize the triggers that are happening before they happen. And also the question I always tell, ask clients is when that trigger happens, when you get, you know, surprised by something, what is it that you needed in that moment that you didn't have that would have helped you? So when you feel really freaked out, upset, or triggered by something and angry or sad or overwhelmed, what is it you needed? What resource would have helped you actually make it through that thing, whether it was love, compassion, understanding, safety, security, just Mm. thinking about that. And when we use EMDR, which hopefully we can explain a little bit, that helps people go to the resource like a library and say, boy, if I had love or if I had compassion or if I had somebody who just listened to me. That will help us then target these triggers and actually put a positive cognition in instead of a negative cognition, because that's the goal. Take the negative thought we have and put a positive thought in place of it. Even though you were raised by abusive, traumatic parents, you still can actually, your brain can recognize healthy parents inside your brain. Remember, when we smile, even though it's not a real smile, the brain doesn't know that.
2: Okay, we're whoa, hold on here. (laughs) This is such great stuff. I can get so excited about the brain, but I want to go back and I just guys write this down before we go on break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about exactly what, well, more so of what we can do this is the question and correct me if I'm wrong uh Tom what resource did I need at that moment is that a good question Mm -hmm.
3: that I didn't have that would have helped me
2: okay what resource did I need at that moment that I didn't have that would have helped me guys write that down come on back we're going to talk about more things that we can learn about doing that can help us with this trauma stay tuned Here's today's two minute tip. As we navigate towards 2022, you might be thinking about the year and what it will bring. You might look to it with a mind of possibilities, or you might look to it with a mind of fear. If you are listening to this show, odds are that you might be struggling in your marriage, and so you might be leaning more to that mind of fear than one of possibilities. I too have been thinking about 2022 and working towards it. I've been taking steps to better understand where I truly want to serve those touched by divorce. And more so, I've been seeking God's guidance about that. Here's what I've come to. I work with Christian men and women who are struggling in their marriage. They are confused about what to do specifically around their faith. I help them to gain clarity about the realities of their marriage, confidence about the steps to take according to their faith, and the courage to take those steps, whatever they may be. Folks, the clarity that you may gain may be that those steps are to recommit to your marriage, and you also may gain clarity that you have some work to do in your marriage and that you have played a part in the struggle you are experiencing. I've heard said by a pastor that it's easier to stay in a marriage than get divorced. I agree for the most part. The path of divorce is not easy. And I've said before that if the work I do helps you to look at divorce with eyes wide open— which would include looking at the realities of you and your marriage, and you decide to recommit to your marriage, then I've done my job well. We don't advocate for divorce. We don't advocate for struggle. But you may be touched by both. We're here to walk the path with you and chart a course with you and one that will bring you to a place of possibility, not struggle and fear. If I can help you look at your situation with eyes wide open and gain clarity about it, email me at christy at christy i'm happy to offer you a complimentary consultation where we'll talk about your realities you can also find me on facebook at the divorce coaching hour with christy stratton and instagram at coach christy stratton and remember to keep listening each week for another two-minute tip all to support you or someone you know who is facing or going through divorce and please share this episode with those who will benefit Welcome back. You're listening to the Divorce Coaching Hour. And folks, we're we're tackling a big subject today. We're talking about veterans um, or military service members, however you want to look at that, um, uh, and mental health and divorce. And I kind of say, oh my, wow. And where we got to, we're talking to Tom Stevens, our resident psychotherapist, and we were talking about um, really trauma and trauma at maybe the lower levels to the higher levels. I don't know if that, but they can be kind of different levels. It can be something small that triggers and uh, a reaction. And we may not understand it. We may, if it happens to us, we may not even know it. And so then um, we, we talked about beginning to talk about some things that we can do that can help us in general, whether we're a military service member or not, or going through a divorce or not. When we get triggered by something, when we're in that lizard brain as we talk about, what resource did I need at that moment that I didn't have that would have helped me? Before we go more into resources that can help us, and we quickly talked about EMDR and we want maybe want to bring that back, um, let's think about that veteran. Let's think about that veteran now going through divorce and... How can we apply our discussion to that situation so we can help people, both spouses divorcing, go through the process in a healthier way?
3: I think understanding both perspective you've got two different sides there, right, that are really important to understand. You know, the veteran who has been through a lot, been away maybe, been unplugged, been disconnected and detached. I mean, why are all those homecoming videos so heart-tugging, right, when you see a Uh, somebody who's been away come home to see their children and their wife and her husband, you know, and it's such so heartwarming because there's been a separation there. So the people who are the veterans or who are serving or served, they have such a burden and a heaviness to carry with the responsibility of their duty, with the training that they've had. And again, like I said earlier, not equipped all the time with understanding feelings, emotion, and communication super well they can run into a dead end or a detour a lot of not, I don't know how to communicate with my spouse or I'm not sure how to come home and just unplug and be here because I'm used to being on all the time. And then you've got the spouse and the family, the children who, you know, they they are kind of sometimes walking on eggshells because they're not sure, you know, it's not easy to transition back home or it's not easy to be away from them because you've got to live your life and you've got to be. Yeah,
2: I think about, uh, so you get married And you've got this maybe mutual understanding, maybe, hopefully you do, as you get married. And then one or both uh, spouses are deployed and it can be for quite some time and they come back and that that mutual understanding is different and we don't know why. And we're we, because we don't know why, we're kind of fighting at each other so you can see why, uh, why it's a challenging situation. So what I heard in there is then we need to understand the other person's perspective. How can we do that?
3: Well, part of it's through communication. And this is where people come into my office. That's the number one thing that's missing is when do y'all talk? Yeah. When do y'all spend time together? Yeah. Uh, and if you're on your own or you are divorced or are going through a divorce and you feel very alone... Uh, because of the situation, then you find somebody, you find a coach, you find a therapist, you find somebody who you can go to, to really make sense of what you're thinking about, right. because the communication is really key. And also continuing to live your life and not saying, staying stuck in the, uh, the trauma of this broken down relationship. You have to still keep yourself healthy. You have to keep yourself moving forward, keep friend connections, keep life connections, but it's very difficult. When the stress hits really high,
2: it is. And if you don't have those tools, and I don't know what the Mm -hmm. percentage is, but a lot of people don't have those tools. And we just said some people may not even know that this is what's happening to them. They're just in the midst of this, like this trauma, these feelings, this. Brainstem, this lizard brain. Well, and think of how and, many
3: people join the military. What age? Usually, yeah, very young, seventeen. And when that <laughs> happens, you're still growing up yourself. It's yeah. not like they're thirty-five. A lot and of. And then, times. oh by
2: the way, they get married
3: <laughs> and have children.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I got married the first time at thirty, and I didn't do so well. And I thought I was uh, mature, and now I'm a few years older, and mm-hmm. I look back and think I knew nothing. Right, and so. Okay. So we've got the communication, that communication breakdown, and they don't uh, they don't know. Here's what came to mind. As I've worked through the overcoming of divorce and growing through it, and what I really try to do is literally put myself in the other person's where I can see out through their eyes. Now, we know we can't do that. I know we throw around a lot like, Put yourself in the other shoes. But I mean, really, like, think about all the perspectives. Like, the, okay, here's my veteran spouse, and let me try on this for size and try to see this perspective. And, let okay, now let's go over here and try to see that perspective because I think I know a little thing. We've got all these filters in the brain that kind of prove our stories right and wrong unless we challenge it. Is that true?
3: We can have compassion and understanding of somebody else's point of view or situation without agreeing with it. So we don't have to, just because I understand where you're coming from doesn't mean I have to agree with, it doesn't mean I'm saying that.
2: (laughs) That's another show as well.
3: (laughs) We can really listen. And that's why I ask spouses to understand that of somebody who's in the military, if they're not. And I asked the military uh, people to understand how to, how it is at home and the different, the challenges. So that's a big,
2: that's a big ask. I mean, we, we want it, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's, it takes some time, right? So what are some um, tangible things we can start doing right now? If we're in um, this situation where we're, maybe we're considering divorce, maybe we're in the midst of it, maybe we're co-parenting um don't go there <laughs> healthy co-parenting folks if you listened <laughs> last year you heard me uh term it There's
3: uh no healthy thing
2: successful co-parenting i think i said successful and tom has just laughed and laughed and laughed at me because at you. He was, like, it was already <laughs> it was like the, co-parenting the it's already oh i said functional co-parenting yeah. versus it's already kind of a dysfunctional situation but yes. I, I regress um <laughs> or digress rather um <laughs> that might be a Freudian slip uh but okay so let's talk about we talked about that emdr what
3: well, what is that i mean first step and you said, what can we do? The first step, obviously, I'm going to say is get help, right? Go, go talk to somebody who's qualified, who can actually not just be a mediator, but be somebody who's on your team. When...
2: Yeah. And, and folks, we're not saying that because this is the divorce coaching hour yeah. and I'm a divorce coach and, and um, Tom is a psychotherapist. We're not saying that this show does not exist to be an infomercial. It doesn't. It's my heart of hearts is to provide you information that can help you. Uh, have a better life and make better decisions. So with that said, though, um, I don't know about you, Tom, but I would not be here today doing what I'm doing if I have not sought counselors, coaches, um, my my pastor, books. I mean, I am a sponge trying to learn and understand what in the world is going on with myself so I can grow through the process.
3: Yeah, and Well, you know, the number of marriages I've worked with, where the marriage breakdown is not because of the marriage it's it 's because of something going on with one or both of these people right. yeah. it's th- that 's why I want to hand out mirrors every time I see a couple in the first session say, "Just hold this and look oh, at it that 's all I want you to that. do because I will take care of the other person for you in my office. I tell the couples all the time this I will handle the other person don't worry about it. you just handle yourself, and then you 've got nothing to worry about but We spend so much time breaking down marriages when it's not about the marriage. I'll tell people it's about us. You're a great couple. Like you could be a really great couple. This could work, but it sometimes gets so damaged over such a long period of time.
2: So I got to bring in. I'm not a great person to actually recite scripture. And um, uh, but there is scripture that speaks to this. Take the log out of your eye first. And we've got to, we've got to take care of, uh, what is it when you point your finger at one person? I think I just saw this. Here we go. with another image that we're going to describe to you. If in fact, you actually point your finger, I think you've got uh, guys do this as an exercise. Point your finger, maybe with your palms up, you've got, you've got three fingers pointing back at you. Mm -hmm. And so that's saying, look at yourself first. Uh, I don't promise much and I can't necessarily promise, but you will discover some things. I've worked with clients who, when we've gone and looked at, we've done, we do a values exercise and they begin to like, look at themselves. They're like, oops, I got some work to do. Mm-hmm. And I've had one client actually decided to stay in our marriage. And I was, thank you Lord, because we've really got to take care of our stuff before we start pointing out somebody else's.
3: Well, and there's a lot of good help out there, but there's also a lot of bad help. And I don't mean yeah. that in a bad way. Same with doctors or any profession. Yeah. If you're going to somebody in the mental health field as a coach, uh, anybody who's qualified, and all they're doing is listening to you and feeling sorry for you, you're in the wrong place. You've got to go to somebody who says, well, let's look at your blind spots. Let's look at the areas that you might not be seeing that I can see, whether it's communication, whether it's boundaries, whether it's life structure, whether it's priorities, that I can help you see. And you can hear it because you trust me. I'm here for you. In a safe space. And it's not that I agree with everything you say and do, but I have your back. Right. That's what will help people get better. But if you're with somebody who's just a shoulder to cry on as a professional, it is getting you nowhere.
2: It's going to just make it worse. And in fact, folks, it's courageous to step into this stuff and you you will grow through it. You will be better. You will be stronger. I'm a walking embodiment of it, guys. I There's another reason the show exists is because I've walked this path. And so and I still have work to do. I still need to look in that mirror. Uh, And so we have blind spots. We need someone to walk alongside us to help us look at those things. When we come back into our final segment already, we're going to try to just understand what EMDR is and and who knows where we'll go with final thoughts. So you guys stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. And I want to share something with you that may help. I'm on another show here on KKHT. I'm honored to be the wingman on Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow, where each week Richard and I talk about the intersection of our faith and the secular world. And together with interesting guests, we shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for Courageous Christianity. It's my belief that Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow can be another resource that you can turn to as you walk through this path of significant change in your life. So please join us. You can catch the show on this station, 100.7 FM KKHT, at 12 p.m. noon Central Time, Saturdays, and online at KKHT.com as well. Hey, grab your lunch and join us for both shows back to back, 12 p.m. noon for Courageous Christianity and 1 p.m. for the Divorce Coaching Hour. You can also find all shows under podcasts under the Programs tab on KKHT.com. Richard and I hope you'll listen in. As always, if you want to reach me, you can find me at the thedivorcecoachinghour.com or call me at 281-944-8043. We are grateful for you joining us each week and for your support. We're talking veterans, we're talking mental health, and we're talking a divorce here, of course, on the Divorce Coaching Hour and it's a big topic. And there's a lot to say about it. Uh, I mean, you really need to do a show just on veterans, <laughs> and then veterans and mental health, and then layering and divorce. So, you know, main thing, folks, is, you know, here, we just try to shine the light on a topic that you can maybe take one thing away from it so that you can, it can help you make better decisions, whether you're considering divorce in the midst of it or coming out of it. And we've talked about trauma we've talked about really uh, trying to step into somebody else's shoes so to speak really try to see life through their eyes so you understand they may not even understand what's going on with them that's triggering them and then you know as far as a way to the healthy communication that we talked about is pick up that mirror look in the mirror first work on yourself ask yourself if you're being the spouse whether you're divorcing or not, that you need to be, or the parent, that sort of thing, Um, whether you're the veteran or not, look at yourself. And then uh, as we continue to talk about what can we do to to help maybe make the process easier, we talked a little bit about this EMDR. I'm not going to try to say it out (laughs) the whole thing again, because it clearly the first time I had a difficult time. But Tom Stevens is here with us, our resident psychotherapist, and he's helping us unpack this big topic. And so help us understand briefly what EMDR is. Yes.
3: Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing.
2: He can say it. it, I can't.
3: Yes. Discovered back (laughs) in the 1980s by Francine Shapiro. And it's kind of like that name just was developed and stuck and that was the problem. So it's probably not the best name or initials, but it just happened and then it, it caught on. And so it
2: sounds a little weird. Like all of a sudden I feel like my eyes are shaking. I don't know why that
3: that is part of the process. Okay. Your eye movement, just like rapid eye movement in sleep. When we have REM sleep and we're dreaming, our eyes actually jiggle in our head. And a lot of people didn't realize that, but our eyes are jiggling back and forth, left to right very quickly. Mm. That is the brain, almost like a bicycle. When you pedal it, that's the brain turning on and, and basically dumping out all the information that it needs to get rid of because it's constantly taking it in. It's the subconscious dumping of things. When trauma happens, Francine realized, wow, when I look left and right and I'm going on a walk and I'm anxious, I don't feel as anxious after the walk. That's really primitive back in the 80s. But she took that and she used it. And they actually, uh, PTSD and war was what they started with. It's the most well-researched approach we have in our field, honestly, Mm. in, in terms of data and they would take mri scans of people who have been in war do the treatment of emdr which i'll describe in a sec and then do post scans mm-hmm. and they would notice a change in the brain mm. that the brain becomes desensitized to the trauma and actually is not triggered by the trauma anymore so what they were most uh, set off by before they are not set off by that backfiring car anymore It is not making them anxious. And then they followed up years later and it still was gone. So So, it was a
2: permanent. Yes. You could say it's a permanent change.
3: Absolutely. And EMDR basically uses bilateral stimulation of the brain, which is tapping on both sides of the brain, like your eyes jiggling back and forth. So we replicate that in awake time here in our office. It's not hypnosis. You're not asleep. There's not any of that. It's basically recalling a traumatic event, Mm -hmm. a triggering event Feeling it as if you're in it, but you are not in it anymore because you're away from it. You're out of it now. You're just re experiencing that. Mm -hmm. And when you reflect back on that event and pair it with the tapping of the left and right brain, which can be used by tapping, for instance, both of your knees alternately tap, 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 left, right, left, right. That is done with pairing a situation that was traumatic and that will desensitize the brain over time. So if there is a school shooting, And you take a group of people out of a school shooting who were all just experiencing that. You put them in a tent and you have them tap left and right, back and forth uh, for uh, 20, 30, 40 seconds. And then you ask them, how, how upset are you? Zero to 10. Well, I'm 10. I'm so anxious right now. I can't stand it. If you keep doing that over 30 minutes to an hour, their numbers will go down and their anxiety will decrease because the brain starts to become desensitized to what that trigger and trauma was and no longer affected by it the same way. Mm. That's what we do with trauma in anxiety, stress, addiction, war, PTSD, any of those things. And the bilateral stimulation is the key when it's paired with the past event. That's why I said walking is so valuable.
2: Well, that's I, I, you must've put that in my head because I walk a lot and, and through my path of healing from divorce. And I say, you know, Debacle, dysfunction, all those D words. Um, Every time I would feel anxiety, I would get out and walk. And now I know that I get out and, you know, walk and I feel so much better. There's a biological component to that, though, too, right? There's a hormonal, uh, does it amp up the like, the serotonin and all of that sort of stuff when we exercise. Yes. And
3: that's the part of oxygen breathing of our body, continuing to move, releasing that and getting yourself relaxed. I always tell clients when you're anxious, upset or depressed, do not sit because that is going to make it, it's going to exacerbate it. Get out, move, walk, even if it's just around your block.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so the fact of the matter is things can, we can do things. One is EMDR, um, and, and getting out and walking and exercising, uh, first looking in the mirror, of course, going back again and trying to see the other person's perspective. Anything else come to mind? Recognizing
3: what we need, like we talked about earlier, always recognize if I could have had something that would have been the magic pill for that thing earlier that really upset me, what would it have been?
2: It's a learning question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's
3: a part that a coach, mental health person can really be helpful with because they can keep reminding you. And the more you practice that muscle and grow it, the better it's going to be used.
2: I'm going to keep that question and ask my clients that resourcing is really key yeah absolutely and so as we begin to wrap up uh i know (laughs) i know well i i I do know something and i will promise this you will be back tom right yes thank you all right (laughs) that's good enough fantastic anything else you would want um listeners to know with regards to this topic, veterans, mental health, and divorce. Well, you know,
3: I know you know me and and probably wouldn't have let an hour go without mentioning children. So uh, there is, I think it is important to understand that as a byproduct of all of this, you know, children are affected if they're involved. And so many times children go about life looking totally normal, but they're actually not. And sometimes they are triggered, traumatized, uh, hurt, sad. They feel confused because remember, we talked about the brain their brains are not developed all the way up, you know, until they're teenagers or above. Right. And so they are still living in a feeling-based life. And if they feel their parents separated, if they feel stress in the family or fighting among the parents, they will soak that in sometimes as if it's their fault. And they don't know what they've done wrong. And they feel like they, if, if, if they weren't here, then there wouldn't be this problem. And that's a lot of pressure.
2: That's a lot of pressure. And it's a pressure that folks... You don't have to take on your own. And you've got folks like Tom Stevens, myself, of course, to walk with you on this path. And so, Tom, if listeners wanted to reach you, how would they?
3: Easiest way, obviously, go to Facebook or YouTube, is the easiest to see videos that I've done or topics. You have a I've lot covered. of awesome content. A, a out lot there, of yeah. that. It's under just search Tom Stevens Counseling on Facebook or YouTube. You can also go to the website at tomstevens.us, like United States. And then also you can call the office at 281-493-4499. Say that again for us. 281-493-4499. My assistant, Jackie, would be happy to answer questions. If I don't help you or can't or my wife, Jill, can't, we will be happy to refer you and find a place. We love being a resource to find if they're in another state, another city, or just need somebody else. We'll be happy to help.
2: And you are, and I've seen you do that with clients uh, that I've referred your way, and if maybe it wasn't a fit, timing wasn't, whatever may not work out. You've helped them find someone else that was qualified. Mm-hmm. And so I really appreciate that and um, your support of the show Absolutely. and lending your expertise because it's really, you know, a big part of divorce is mental health, whether you're a veteran or not. And, and that- just
3: also recognizing the veterans, like you said, I mean, it's a huge responsibility and a big commitment and many times underappreciated just what they are doing and and also the misconception piece you'd mentioned to me earlier off air that, you know, everybody's doing the best they can with what they have and sometimes we're raised in environments where we're not learn we're not taught how to communicate or we're not taught how to set boundaries or or to, or coping skills we're not skills. taught many of these yeah. things
2: and I, I think i started referencing that earlier in the show is we're we're in it we're <laughs> practicing this all the time right i'm now always on the taking show, a we're, class we're, right <laughs> but other people don't they're they're on facebook they're watching they're playing they're taking kids to soccer and all of that, they don't have these skills. We're not taught these yeah. things. And so you need someone to walk with you. On. A
3: lot of appreciation to the veterans and the well, people yeah. who are active now. And also that it is not the first go-to, like I said, in the military. No, with, it's hey, not. Let's get help, parenting skills, communication, marriage. It's
2: Well, they can't. They've got to detach. Right. They've got to be able to be at the ready to not, not attach to that uh, emotion. Uh, and so therefore, a lot of people are challenged. What I do know... Uh, of the service people who are in my life have the, the sweetest, most wonderful hearts and every intention in the world to, to do good. But like all of us, we get stuck and we need people to come alongside us yes. to help us. And matter of fact, that's what we do. And my goal as a, a divorce coach is to, to do that and to help you think through the process. Tom's much like that as well. Um, looking a little bit more into the brain than I do. Uh, <laughs> but we're all here. My guest and I are here to walk the path with you. So, Tom, thank you again for thank being Thank you so here. much.
3: Always fun to be here, Christine. It's
2: all, such great conversation. And, folks... Keep coming on back and thank you for listening today. It's my prayer that this show helps you or someone in your life. Find us at DivorceCoachingHour.com for more info. And thank you again for listening today. I'm Christy Stratton, and I can't wait to be with you each and every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. Unless we get bumped by sports. <laughs> All right here on 100.7 FMKKHT, The Word.